are listening to the Detroit Red Wings Alumni Show. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left. Into the zone to the top of the Stanley Cup. McCarty up over the line. McCarty got by his man. He scores! What a play there McCarty made. Now we got a fight. Got it. Oh, and who's he involved with? Looks like that's John Gruden. That's the first time I've ever seen Fedek in a fight. Ten seconds away from successfully defending the Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings. Their bench up. Osgood with his arms up over his head coming out. The Detroit Red Wings have won the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Shot in on the new goaltender, Eddie Mio, in goal. Look at that old school mask. And that's something. He's a brave man. Klimak catch it out. He's in. She scores. Klimak. Kosar Probert, though, that's the main one here. These are good friends. You rarely ever see Kosar and Probert go at it. Most of the former Red Wings. the Detroit Red Wings, their offensive catalyst, number 25, welcome left winger John O'Grodnick. Got it in front, the score! Jason Woolley, the shot heard round the world! Asman moving, blue line, champs, And welcome to episode 23 of the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Podcast. Sitting with me in studio today is once again Art Regner. What's going on, Art? Nothing much there, uh, Newman. How are you? Oh, I can't complain, as my standard answer always is, nobody cares. And also <laughs> sitting across is Eddie Mio. We've got Eddie in studio today. Eddie, you're my partner in crime today. And the first thing we're going to do is we've got to give birthday wishes. Yeah, for uh, Dino Cicerelli. Happy, uh, according to him, 25. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try and get him on the line. Yeah. He does not know we are calling. Mm. Probably get his hygiene. answering machine. Hello. Ooh, we got him. Happy birthday, Dino. Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, Dino, it's Newman. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. What's going on, guys? Uh, Dino, it's Art Regner. I also have to say happy birthday to you. 25 years old, right? 25, Dino? Art on there, too? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I have to say something. When there was a lockout one time, uh, one of the best drops I ever had in my radio career was Dino. I asked him what he thought of the lockout, and he says, I think it bleeping sucks. I think it's bleeping (laughs) stupid. I think it's bleeping awful. Can you use that? And he started laughing. I used that for years. It's People just still like talk about it. it's describing your birthday, Dino, isn't it? You still are. Do you still have that uh, the voice audio on that? You know what? I may. I have to look for it. I actually, I can call Don Swindell, who was the production director at DFN at the time, who kept all those, and I still think that he has some of those drops. You know, there's a, also. Yes. I can get it. For, I'll try to get it for you. Oh, keep it for yourself. I did. That's priceless. Yeah, oh, yeah. There was no doubt. The, the, the other drop was Chris Chelios when he won his last Norris trophy. They asked him about uh, Colorado winning the Stanley Cup that year. And this was in Toronto. And, and Chelios goes, 
as long as it isn't Detroit. I hate Detroit. As long as they didn't win it, I don't care who wins the Stanley Cup. And Shelly, to this day, has not forgiven me for using that. Those were the and, and another one was Jimmy Devolano saying, "I'm flabbergasted." That was another flabbergasted. one. Dino, oh so with God. this being your special birthday, you turn forty-five today, and I'm assuming it's a day for family, church, and Denny's. For family, what? Church <laughs> and Denny's. Yeah, I know. What? What? I don't even know. When you, you get this old, you forget how many, how old you are. Just, I think I'm twenty. I'm turning twenty six for the second time. See, I was close. I said twenty five. All right, Dino. We're um. We didn't want to let take you go. Yeah. Too much of your time. We wanted to call. Wish you uh, a happy birthday, and very excited to hear you're going to play in the game on Friday. Yeah, I'm playing Friday, so. Uh, I start training tomorrow for the game on Friday. <laughs> Not too many drinks tonight now. <laughs> just just a couple. Just uh, I'll try some of the wine at, at uh, church tonight. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> thanks. Have a great birthday, buddy. Okay, Dino. Thanks, right. buddy. Happy birthday, Dino. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> With that, <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah. man. I know how that is. That communion wine. Sometimes I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to give too that sweet. chalice off. Too sweet. It goes right up to your <laughs> brain. Between the communion wine and two Snickers and a Coke, you know, it's tough to be a Catholic. <laughs> so with that, uh, you know, it's been um, it's been a little while since we've done our last show. The last time we were on the air, we were talking shortly before the University of Michigan debacle. Um, and we're going to get into that just a little bit. Um, as we start, want to remind everybody that you can follow us on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni. You can follow us on Facebook, and you can also find us on the Red Wings actual website at DetroitRedWings.com backslash alumni. So with that, we've got a lot of things going on today, you know, pretty much in-house. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, especially with Art and Eddie, in addition to Kevin Allen joining us after the 4.30 uh, break, was the fact that the alumni played roughly six games in January. Matter of fact, they did play six games in January. And for the first time in its history, we took two losses. You know, the first one being the University of Michigan loss, which was an absolute debacle. We got smoked. You know, we got boonswoggled a little bit. You know, that was not the lineup. You guys came back in that game. We did come back. We still lost. (laughs) You know, you got to realize, Art, you know, in that game there, I think it was the first 10 minutes we were down 7 nothing. You know, and at that point, you know, it's looking over at Red Berenson, who promised that they were not going to do exactly what they did to us. So it was uh, well, Trumpian. <laughs> and it's. Uh, you got to understand, their average age was in the 30s. Right. Okay. They had nine guys that had played pro that had just retired three years or less. Plus, they had three other guys that just graduated three years. So, you know, and we have we had an average squad of in 50s. How was the crowd? Were they were they split evenly or were they more Michigan or did they want to see the Wings do well as well? No, they really wanted to see the Wings do well and I'll tell you it was yeah. a tale of two halves. You know, in the first half it was when Michigan came out, even during the warm-ups, they were doing the drills. It wasn't like they were just skating around waving to the crowd. Right. They were doing actual well, drills. that people know. Right. And as Eddie just alluded to, <laughs> we looked at it, and our lineup was not as strong as if we were going to play a, a pretty competitive game. And that was shown, you know, with Dave Coulier, who we love cooler, right? But when you're playing against somebody like the Michigan alumni, he's probably not going to be able to keep up as much. And Feds was a little bit hurt. Not able to score, and I think Klima was trying too hard. 
But the crowd itself was very excited to see the guys like Mickey Redman and people on the ice. Right. So the first half, uh, once you realized it was kind of a blowout at that point, then the worm turned a little bit, right? And they became more pro Red Wing. When we came out for the second, um, they weren't imbibing because the student section, of course, would never drink during a hockey game. Right, right. Um, But that's actually when they went back to being children of Yost, which is something I appreciated. Um, just because the atmosphere at Yost to see a hockey game is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible, you know, and they had the band there and everything else. I think what I felt worse. Well, we came back though too. Yeah, we, absolutely. We, we came back, made a game out of it. it was eight seven, and then they um, there was a bad goal coming in, and then empty net goal. So it was ten to seven, but it was really an eight seven game. Yeah. And, one of the things that we looked at, you know, as the children of Yost are yelling, Siv, Siv, Siv. Right, right, right. Doing it to Malachi, who actually played for University Michigan, of Michigan. Right, right. And I think that actually, you know, when you wear the uh, maize and blue, when you wear the big block M, I, I think it touched him just a little bit. He was where, he was upset. Yeah. He was yeah. Upset. Because right. he's a Michigan yeah. man. He is a so. Michigan. You know, well, they, they, he was more upset that the, the back end wasn't being covered. You know, when we play the game, our, our D's a little older. So you did the first shot, that's fine. But they were doing three passes. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Like three, and then right. the, the open guy would be right there in the open net. So we're not used to that kind of that kind of pace. But you know what? If we do play next year, there'll be a different squad with Samsonov, and we'll we'll make sure we have we have our guys back. Well, maybe be the squad that I saw uh, at the game where I was the PA announcer uh, that was a better game. Uh, that yeah, was a better squad. Like, a better squad. Like yeah. twelve to three or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the other thing that you have to face once again. You know, the next and just to finish up on the Michigan game, the mm-hmm. other thing that kind of hamstrung the guys is the fact that you have Marty Turco in net for U of M and then backing him up with Steve Shields. Yeah. So it's not like... Um, These are NHL goaltenders. Yeah, you didn't have really a break. And not saying that our guys So is Eddie, though. Eddie, right. Um, Eddie, but, Eddie's also 63 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. With, with a bad 63-year-old yeah. NHL yeah. goaltender. My, I just got my hip scheduled for April 26th. Oh, great. Well, we'll, we'll be visiting. A whole visit. new one. We'll visit you. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and some yeah, of these guys. I'll, I'll we'll, do the we'll, we'll do the show from your bed. We'll do the show from your hospital the... bed. <laughs> oh, we can do a live remote from Eddie's hospital during there the sponge go. bath portion. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was the thing when we went out to Novi, um, which was our next set of games. We played Novi and Windot. You know, the guys who was still sitting with them a little bit. And so you think you've rebounded, and as we go through the month, like I said, good games against Novi and Wyandotte. You know, it's exactly what the alumni does. It goes out there, charges up the crowd, people see what they want, and then we went into Flint, you know, to play the Generals alumni Uh-oh. who had a different squad than they normally have. Also, we did not have the strongest squad going into that, and it was a different set of parameters we were uh how did that at. game turn out eight six uh we lost our second game of the month um, open, open net again so seven six uh and a bad icing call was never called so we could we could have had the 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 um it ended up in the empty net it should have been called and and had a face off in their zone instead of ending up in our net. Well, you know, I, I don't want to interrupt you guys, but I want to say something here. And this is what I think people don't understand. But, you know, the privilege my career basically has been covering either elite level uh, one division college athletes. 
that play for either Michigan or Michigan State in various sports or professional athletes of all Detroit's major sports teams. And the question that has been bandied about for a couple of years now, but especially very heavy this year regarding the Red Wings has always been, well, they should just tank it. You know, how many times do they should tank it, get a draft choice, don't get the playoffs? And what I try to explain to them and what you guys are really talking about, and you're kind of uh, uh, putting the icing on the cake for me, is that professional athletes, I don't care if they're 18-year-old raw rookie or they're 63-year-old men, they don't want to lose. <laughs> you know, they don't want to tank it. They don't want to not make the playoffs. I mean, you know, whether it's important to the fan base or not, and I think, you know, because it's bandied about you guys here, Red Wing fans, you know what mm-hmm. people are thinking. Uh, well, but too bad there isn't an Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid because they're going to be in the lottery this year, all that kind of stuff. Henrik Zetterberg does not want to be the first Red Wing captain not to make the playoffs. Those guys don't want to be the first Red Wing team yeah. not to make the playoffs in 25 consecutive seasons. I mean, and you're talking about charity, chari- games for charity, mm-hmm. basically, for good causes, where you guys give your time and you go out there, you raise money for good causes, but you don't want to lose. And I think that, that is, it's so difficult for me to try to explain to people. That's why I have so much respect for professional athletes because you go through so much. You know, oh, they play a game, they're only there two hours, and then they go home and they spend all their money. No, you're you're dead on, Art. Yeah, because you know? some of these guys, um, you know, Yuri Fisher was actually visibly upset with the play of the team. You know, <laughs> oh, and- he's 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 he is one of the most competitive. It doesn't matter if it's a charity game, middle level game, or a high level game. It's like he he's intense. Well, every time yeah. you go out, look, that's what makes you a cut above. That's what makes you professional athletes. I mean, you the competitive nature and spirit and wanting to win. And, you know, sometimes it, you know, it, it strikes me. I think the weirdest thing ever in my radio career that I've ever had to deal with, and I love fans and people that listen to me and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had a career. I get that. I understand that. But tanking it is just not in the lexicon of no. a professional athlete. It just isn't. They just can't do it. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? And that goes for all sports. Right. You, uh, yeah, you, that's you, what I mean. You hear everybody say, well, they should just lose every game. You know what? That's not a it, – it doesn't matter if you're in last place. You still don't want to lose Losing every game. Losing is not an option. It's not an option. And, and, you know, you just don't go out there. In in our case with the alumni, obviously – there is some games maybe where we're a little too lax and the competition's a little better, you know, and maybe we didn't get that good squad. But at the same time, whoever we have out there, everybody expects 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 us to win. But it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, sometimes, like, for instance, the Flint game. They had this one kid that must have just got yeah. out of hockey yeah. two years ago because he was skating and, I, and he didn't know how to – to tone it down, yeah, a little dial bit. it back a little, dial bit. it back against yeah. guys like Redmond and you know uh, older, even Joey, Joey, you know, I mean, we Elvis, uh, uh, Wayne Presley, all our forwards were are still in their late, well, early fifties, late fifties, okay, and Mickey's in his his seventies, I think. So no, 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 Mickey's sixty eight, sixty eight, sorry, right? Mickey, sorry, <laughs> he hasn't reached it yet. <laughs> sorry, but you know what I'm saying is that you know we take it at a certain level and guys that sometimes play against us don't know how to take it to the same level. They are going, it's, it's like you say, you can't tank. 
these kids aren't going to tone it down a little bit. So like, you know, we, you know, we find that in every game. Well, and that was actually one of the uh, repercussions of what we had done, taking the two losses in January. It was funny. I, I believe I it was— I think you're the one that takes these losses a lot more— Newman's, I will say this. I was at the yeah. event. Because you know, I've kind of forgotten them. Who'd we lose to? You lost to Flint oh, and you lost oh, to Michigan. Okay, well, I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. Newman takes charge at these events, though. So much so that much of the chagrin of some of the other workers there. But thanks, man. Newman, you understand there's always one winner. There and is, that's uh, the charity. And that's the charity, yeah. which is what we tweeted out yeah. when um, after the losses right. we didn't post the score. But that repercussion I was talking about, you I mean, think, you didn't post the score. <laughs> <laughs> I say we because Monica McAllister, okay. who uh, handles yeah. our social media, and she has been absolutely fantastic and live tweeting our games because I can't do everything as much as I try to do everything during the game. But just to, to finalize that point, uh, we were playing the Brighton game. And, you know, we were easing up, obviously, you know, I think we scored nine goals in the first and then the second, you know, the guys are easing up. And I think the first time I heard Nick Libet say, you know, what, boys, let's shoot that puck. <laughs> right. And I said, Nick. yeah, there you go, Nick. Let's <laughs> let's get in because <laughs> Nick doesn't like to have walking around, you know, with two losses hanging around his neck. Yeah. yeah I, see, who's, who's really <laughs> well, got the well, losses well, in their you, head? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because you talk about Dino and uh, when we had Dino on and I talked about that quote he gave me. Well, during that lockout, uh, Red Wings that were from here or NHL players who are from Detroit or live in Detroit would skate at like City Rink and they, you know, they would play like practice every day. Well, when it looked like the lockout was going to end, then the Red Wings who were, were spread out all over the world really started to come back. And what was interesting was is that over the course before where they would have guys who were, you know, just like beer league guys or kids that had had a high school hockey career. We're playing with the with the Red Wings and the uh, uh, other NHL players who were on other teams, but were based in Detroit. And these guys started to feel good because you know Dino was out there. Dino's not going to go out there and be Dino that he would in an NHL game. I mean, he was more to, unless he's playing Toronto outdoors. Well, right, <laughs> but he's but he's trying to yeah, but right, but these are just guys that you know. It's like a pickup hockey just to stay in shape. Well. These guys started to feel really good about themselves. And I can remember going in because I would interview them after every game. You hear anything about the lockout and all this. And some of these, you know, beer league guys or, or you know, just regular people who were hockey players but not NHL players were saying, wow, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm like I can stop a shot. Or, you know, they, they were really feeling yeah. really good about their game. Then it was the lockout was going to get solved. The real Red Wings came back. And then with Dito and all these other guys, you know, they were playing with their peers for the most part, but still these guys There's who showed separation. up. Right, right. There yeah. was definitely yeah. and then the Red Wings started to play like NHL players. Yeah. You know, these guys started to play. And it was so funny because after that first practice, these you know, and I'm not trying to put them down. I'm just talking about the significant difference no, between right. what between the level of play is that these guys were like gassed and tanked. And I and the next day when there was another practice, not one of them came back. <laughs> not one of them came back. It was all NHL players. And I mean, I think that you know, again, when you're as talented as you guys are, Eddie, and you know this, you know, you can dial it down. But what happens, and I saw that with the with the, the guys in the Brighton game, they scored like three goals rather quickly, and you right. could tell they were starting to feel good. And the Red Wings decided, you know, maybe it was Nick, maybe it was Newman, God mm -hmm. only knows, and mm -hmm. said, listen, fellas, why don't we play a little bit? Yeah. 
And bam. I mean, you know, it but was it, like Pat Peak and Samsonoff, and yeah, it, it was all over. And, yeah, it was, but you got to understand, we also try and give them. It's either we give them a little lead, okay? Like I let a couple of the goals in; they're a little, you know. You got to make them look good, knowing that right, their guys, family and friends are and, there, and, right? And their family and friends, and they they feel good about scoring, right? And right. They, I've often had guys come and says, "You let me score, didn't you?" I go, "No, not at all." <laughs> You know, because that just makes them feel real good. But then, you know, we or we're up for nothing, and then I'll let a couple go in, and you know, just to keep them in, and then we take over. Because the b- basic thing is, the fans want to see all that passing. Even though we're older, the passing is still dead on. It's it's like finding that open tape guy. to tape. You yeah, know, when it's, it's yeah. funny, you'll hear the guys chirp saying, "You know, let's hit that t- with the tape because some of the passes." Well, you know, I, you know, Larry Murphy's out there. You know, and, the human pylon. Yeah, the right. human pylon that got booed out of Toronto, came to Detroit and resurrected his career. Mercer, great and guy. became a Hall of Famer yeah, from it's a Detroit. Hall of, yeah, yeah, it's a Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame hockey player. And Murph's kind of out there. You know, he's Murph. You know, he's having a good time. Yeah. But he still can make the plays. You know what I mean? It's yeah. still, it's so second nature and it's well, so and instinctual. It, it's really wonderful like, to watch, yeah, actually. And when you see uh, Samsonov and Peak. Okay, and then even Klima out there. Yes, I mean those three guys. They, you know, they still can't play. Maybe Samsonov, but and Peeker maybe, but his his uh, Achilles is just right. too too, too right. bad. But, but when you do when see, you a see line. them and go out and how they can pick that corner, and when you get them upset enough, they'll just boom and it's done. Right, top corner. In if Samsonov wanted to that Saturday, he could, the yeah. score could have been eighteen. He was starting to play around with them. You know, and the, the greatest line I've ever seen from the alumni side was when we had Samson off Klima and Jimmy Carson on that line. Yeah. You know, it looked, and they put on a show for like two minutes and then realized where they were. Yeah, right. But it was just absolutely phenomenal. And one thing that you just said, Eddie, that I kind of have to call a little bit of bullshit on is the fact that I don't believe that you let goals in. I believe I that you do everything that you can to make sure because you know that most of the time you have Bowman you, backing you, know you up Hold on. and you know he's going to let the goals in for no. you. No, I let them in. You think I just stand there with the when the guy comes in there and don't move and make it look good? You know I take the pictures at every game, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, I do think that. Show them how I uh, I fake it good enough to to make sure that guy thinks he's scoring. So you're like so my first wife. You okay, you want to shut out the next game? You want to friggin' shut out the next game? And what's that going to make those guys feel like? Well, you know what? And speaking of Your that Your first one, wife in faking? I mean, I, 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 not you, Newman. Newman's first wife. I've only been married once. I've only been married once, um, and I think that was enough. Yeah, the point is, um, you know, what do you know? You've never played the game in your life, and you can't even take a good picture, for God's sakes. Oh, my God. Okay? All right, fellas, let's tone it down. Out. It's for charity. <laughs> all right. With charity that. wins. Charity wins all. And with that, we've got a game coming up Friday night in Gross Point. Once again, our nice little trip out to the east side. Uh, we're going to play at McCann this year on the campus of University of Liggett. Um, and so it's an 8 p.m. puck drop, which is normally kind of late, but it is a Friday. So that lineup, you know, Eddie, you're going to start in goal, as you always do. And you uh, you won't have to worry about behind you because we've got Maliki, who's going to be standing up. You know, your former Red Wings that are playing, uh, John Bloom, Jimmy Carson's going to get out there with All us right. again this year. Uh, I believe it's his first game with us this year um, since his injury. So he's been skating. He was just down at the Joe, did the Chrysler Grindline Challenge. 
So good to be have Jimmy Carson back, Brent Fedick, Peter Klima. Of course, Johnny O'Grodnick's going to be there. He is the offensive five, catalyst. Five-time five All-Star. Five All you know what? Here's the uh, – I'm going to tell that story before we go to break, no, but I want to no, tell no, that no, story. Betty Ann will be mad at you. You know what? Betty Ann's not going to listen to the show. <laughs> so, And we've got Mickey Redmond, um, who's scheduled to play. Um, the only concern we have about Mickey, um, he's had a couple of uh, dental surgeries. Um, he was on air last night, so we're hoping to have him there. Um, so right now he's confirmed. And then John Finstrom, Ally Afraides coming well, Dino, in. Oh, big Dino's Al. Joint. Dino's in now. Hold on. We're not okay. there yet. Right. <laughs> well, Dean Kolstad, so we're going to have well, the Twin Towers. Well, you're in the defenseman now. Well, Finner's not a defenseman. Okay, go on. Go on. Right. Smolinski, Brian Smolinski, Lauren Noft, and Tommy Williams. And as just announced, number 22 Hockey Hall of Famer Dino Cicerelli is going to be Smoke us. just added. Because he's not on my email. Well, that's good. No, Smoke's uh, been there, so that'll what be good. What are you playing? We are playing, it's called the Michigan Blood Bank. This is a new group of guys that we're playing. Uh, we played in Gross Point last year, but it was a different set of guys. It was combination Coaches. Gross Point Coaches. North and South. We actually played a female team, the Lady Lancers, the Lady whatever the Gross Point South or North would be. So, uh, so excuse me. So, And it benefits the... Uh, the Michigan Blood Bank. I've got to do a oh, little bit good. of research. This is the first one. It's just getting on our schedule. Right. Um, so looking at that, uh, after we do that upcoming game, as we go into the towards the end of the show, I'll go over the rest of our schedule for the end of the year. But just to tell that quick story, a lot of times we're pressed for time when we're doing introductions. So we'll do name and number. Right, and if not, we'll do like a one line or a couple lines. Right, I've done. I, I was the announcer. Each individual I, yes. player. Um, it's kind of screwed up a little bit. But I apologize about that. <clears throat> no, no, no. You're fine. And after one of the games, uh, you know, Johnny's um, beautiful wife came up to me and said, "You know, Johnny's a five time All Star." And I said, um, "Okay, I'll make sure to incorporate that." So what we were doing is, if we were just doing names and numbers, you know, number yeah. forty one, Eddie Mio. Right. As it came to Johnny O'Grodnick, it was always he was a five time all star. Number twenty five, John O'Grodnick. Well, it was after the Flint game we had done names and numbers, right? And Johnny's like, Don't do that five time all star. And I was like, Of course not. And of course all the names and numbers go and it's number twenty five. He was a five time all star. John O'Grodnick. <laughs> so by the time we got to the next game, he is staring at me during the introductions. When we get to Wyandotte, he's just looking at me yeah. like, it better not happen. It better not happen. And I actually let him off the hook. Really? Yeah. So it it's was not funny. like Newman. It's not like Newman. And Smolinski uh, had made a joke and he said, hey, Newman, when you introduce me, can you introduce like Koser and I are both members of the Polish Sports Hall of Fame? <laughs> Can you make that introduction, right? And Johnny's like, you don't want to say that to Newman, <laughs> right? Because even on names, he's a member of the Polish Sports Hall of Fame. But Johnny O didn't understand that Smoke was being funny. <laughs> you know, um, Johnny O thought they were serious. They want to be introduced. You know, again, you, you guys always spur stories. There, I, do you guys remember? I think it was one time where Keith Primo, and I don't know if it was Bob Probert or somebody on the team, they had a massive, they had a huge fight during practice that was caught by the TV cameras. You know, they were shooting practice. I know Primo was involved. I can't remember who the other player was. But what had happened in this game, and Eddie, you, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, uh, 
It, well, it was it was made public. Well, the backstory to that was is that Primo thought that he needed and he should have gotten an assist on a goal, and he didn't get it, and he was fuming about it. So the next day at practice, I don't know if it was Robert or one of the guys got somebody to go up to the PA system and announce an assist for Keith Primo on this goal. And so, you know, it's a joke, you know, like, yeah, hey, we have a correction last night scoring. Give an assist to, I mean, pretty sure it was Primo. Keith Primo. And Primo knew who did it and fought him on the ice where they, they, they had to break him up. I mean, it was a legit. That had to I mean, be after I, I, after I was gone because yeah, I know, don't remember it. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it it well cracks me up because that's part of. But that's what we that's do. That's the camaraderie. That's, what that's, we do. that's joking yeah. around. Well, the biggest thing that's that we've we got do. going right now is the fact that we live tweet every game now. You know, every game that we're able to live tweet, we tweet it, and then at the end of the game, we'll put out three stars right there, <laughs> right? And over the past couple games, <laughs> you know, I've got some of the guys going, "Hey, did you see that?" You know, does that put me in for a star? Oh, yeah. Right? And then in the locker room, they'll start jabbing each other going, how in the hell are you going to give him second star? It's, it's, it's what we do. You know, you, you poke fun. If you, we've always said if you don't have thick skin, get out of the locker room because it's going it's, to it's, – it reminds me of when we were doing uh, Wayne's Fantasy Camp. I think it was four, four years ago, maybe five. Marty had just gotten two new hips. McSorley, uh-huh. and uh, he Marty's a guy that likes to get under your skin. He'll give you these jabs and back, back, back. So finally, Rick, Rick Talk had had enough, and he was sitting next to Wayne in the dress room, and I was everybody was still in, right. and Marty was already dressed, starting to walk out. And Rick Talkett says, "Hey, Marty, you better sue that doctor. I think he put your hips in backwards." <laughs> <laughs> but you got to see the way and that shut up McSorley and everybody started laughing and when Marty looked back at talk I mean these are two pretty big boys and they're pretty tough you yeah. know I, I don't know who's going to win the fight but it was like you know Marty's head and then he started eh good one talk you got me but then Marty would come back and get talk but, but that's that's what it's all about right so when you talk about especially in the dress room somebody needs an assist or something like that that's going to set guys off yeah because he, he wouldn't let it go and so you they, wouldn't let it go and you, somebody's going to get you back because <laughs> to make it's an not announcement about during practice yeah, though over yeah. the pa system. and i thought that that's great that's, that's that hilarious should down, that should go down as one of the classics well, you know who was also pretty good that i really thought you know kevin hodson who ticker was a notorious practical joker and one time he took a stretcher and he taped himself off like uh, taped him up like hannibal Lecter, <laughs> and they dragged him in front of Iserman's locker room, and he was going to like, I don't know, was it like something, fava beans or fava beans? Or fava whatever, beans, yeah. yeah. Whatever. And, and, and he kept doing that. And even Iserman, who was tough to get a yeah. smile out of because he's a pretty serious guy, you know, he was just cracking up, telling him to leave him alone. And the whole Red Wing team and the media was there. Everybody just cracked up. You need, you need. Oh, that, you though. need that. There's and a lot I, of tension being. Do on. we have time? Because I got. I got no, we got to go to a break. But you know well, what? When we um, come back, I'll, I'll give you the one on Probert. All right. Uh, yeah, we got a, a, a few more stories. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to do a song real quick, and then when we come back, we're going to be joined by Hockey Hall of Fame member Kevin Allen. We're going to talk about current state of the wings, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to some of the alumni stuff. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at pain-free life centers of Michigan. 
But don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosma. So, Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers. Everybody know my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy. Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level? The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee. It it gives you a positive attitude. Um, Emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain. So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries? If you're suffering from pain, try pain-free life centers because it helped me. Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. I'm Thad Zott with Zott M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24-7-365. Get there. Did you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well, the solution is United Photo Works. United Photo Works is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive 20% off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com. Get your red on and come on to the Joe. 
Stand up, give a yell, and get into the grind. Another chance to get it all. Stanley's on our mind. Hey, get your red on. It's playoff time again. Hey, get your red on. The boys are playing to win. And joining us on the line right now is a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, frequent contributor here to Podcast Detroit, Kevin Allen. Kevin, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Kevin, you're uh, you're on. I've got Art Regner and Eddie Mio in studio with me, so don't hold that against me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I happen to like both of those guys, so that's actually a plus for you. <laughs> well, that is a plus. You know, before we it's get... you, Newman. He has a problem with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So with that, I guess I'm uh, I'm going to lead with the first question. You wrote an article two days ago, Kevin, about the uh, Philadelphia Flyer alumni going over to um, Russia. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, for those that didn't read the story, just give me a little bit of background. I found it an incredibly interesting story. And, you know, Detroit has been over there before. And I think this may be Philadelphia's first foray over into the land of Putin. Well, I, you, you, you kind of got the wrong guy. I didn't write a story about, about the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, going over there, unfortunately, so I'm not going to be able to kind of give you any insight on that, unfortunately. Did what? you retweet that story on your Twitter, Kevin? I, 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 I didn't retweet it, no. Did, so. did somebody from USA Today write it? One of your colleagues, uh, perhaps? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, well... Okay, with that, we're going to turn it right over to Art. So once again, I just got to say, you know, strike two for Newman. <laughs> Newman has a tendency to drink, so well, just no, we're just joking. Uh, and, well, let me ask you because one thing that I know that you were involved in is the top one hundred that was just released at the All Star break. Uh, the first, uh, what was it, thirty three or so were were uh, introduced at the Centennial Classic between the Red Wings and the Maple Leafs. And I, I, I'm just wondering when you when you look at it, uh, how. Uh, uh, how was it? You were part of it. Uh, you know, some guys were admitted, but it seemed like it was kind of a tall task to really try to figure out 
the top 100 players of all time. I mean, certainly there's some immortals, Gordy Howe, obviously, but Bobby Orr, we can go on. But uh, uh, can you talk about that whole process, Kevin, and what, how did you think the list turned out? Sure, I can do that. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, basically the, the people that were on it were people who had been involved in the game a long time. And, I, you know, I joked around to, to some of the people that I knew who were on it that all, all it really meant is that we're, we're, we're old because they really wanted people who had been you know, had seen a lot of the players uh, who had come up. And, uh, you know, most of the voters were in the, either in their late 50s or older. And um, uh, it was a very difficult task. Uh, comparing eras is really impossible. Uh, and you can just sort of, um, you know, hope that you've developed a criteria in your mind that's a, that, is, that is at least fair. And um, when we were all standing in line, the members of the media um, and, and the people knew that, uh, you know, who had voted, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions to me about, um, you know, how it kind of all came together. And what I said was that I, I thought the first 60 to 70 players were relatively easy in terms of it was easy to identify, you know, the guys. Uh, and I did it in order. Like in my mind, I said, okay. Uh, and, I, you know, it's well documented that I think Gordy Howe is the, the greatest player of all time. And, you know, so he was first guy that I put on my list, and then Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Orr and Mary Lemieux and Rocket Richard. The first 60 to 70 were relatively easy. The last 30, like, it, it took me all day because essentially I got it down to there were 90 different players that I was considering for the final 30. And I thought, you know, the way it, it sort of broke down is, is when you're splitting hairs that finally at the end, like everything mattered, particularly whether you won or not. Like it didn't matter that Marcel Dion um, hadn't won a Stanley Cup because his magnitude was pretty well established. He was in that top 70 group. But it did matter that Dale Howardchuck had not won. And the reason it mattered is, is because he was in competition with, you know, six or 89 other players for 30 spots in my mind. And some of them have won cups and had won trophies and so forth. So um, that's sort of how I sorted out the final 30. It was sort of by, um, you know, how much success you had in terms of being on the right teams and, you know, what you contributed to that during the postseason. Um, so all that said, you know, there were some surprises for me. You know, I, I, I felt Evgeny Malkin should have been in the top 100 when you look at what he's accomplished in the number of trophies. I thought Pierre Pilat the Chicago Blackhawks defenseman from the 1960s, who was the probably the best defenseman in the league uh, just before Orr showed up. I thought, you know, he should have been on there. I, You know, Dale Howardchuck, people think maybe he should be on there. Yeah, he didn't make my list just for the reasons that I mentioned. Um, just I thought, you know, he was a great player, but there were other players who I thought were kind of more accomplished uh, you know, some of the other notable players that didn't make is Zidane O'Chara, you know, which was a very difficult call, you know, as well. He was one of the guys, Michelle Goulet, a Hall of Famer, um, you know, didn't make the list as uh, as well. And, uh, you know, everybody's got someone, Gump Worsley in New York, there people are upset about. I thought Frank Brimzak, the American goalie, should have been on it. So uh, it, it's just a fun thing to debate, but, you know, there's no right answer, that's to be sure. Who was uh, who was number one hundred and one, Kevin? <laughs> Eddie Mia. Well, no, hold on, Eddie. hold on. You've ruined my question, no. Kevin. When you yeah, were thinking well, about those, for lab- me, it, it might have been Howard Chuck. I mean, I, you know, I was covering the league when Howard Chuck was in it, and Howard Chuck was a dominant player. Yes. Like he was, uh, you know, he was Winnipeg's, uh, you know, Iserman. If if you know, for Detroit fans who remember 
you know, who uh, what Eisenman was about before he turned into the warrior. Um, you know, he was a very offensive player who just put up huge numbers, and that was Dale. I mean, Dale was a very dynamic uh, uh, player, and he got a lot accomplished, and he was among the leading scorers and, and so forth. Um, but he, he certainly would have been, you know, in that group uh, for me. Hey, Kevin, when you were thinking of those last 33, did my name ever come up in there? <laughs> well, I, I would like to for entertainment purposes. I'd like to say that was true. But, uh, you know, it, it, you didn't quite make it. You, you might have been 103, maybe 104. <laughs> that's, too, that's too kind. That, that is being uh, nice. We're trying to find out, because uh, it's hard to keep with the 100, but was Eddie Jockman in there? Yes. He was, right? Okay, perfect. Yeah. And that was that was a great choice. I just uh, you know when they were introducing that top one hundred, it's hard know, to keep track. Well, but what, what, it's hard to keep track. And what was interesting is is that I remember Eddie Jockman as a Red Wing goalie. Right. Now when you see him thirty years later, you look at him and you say, you know, gosh, that's well, that's Eddie Jockman because you know obviously they're older men, which reminds me of you know a story Mickey Mantle told me and. Uh, uh, Denny McClain, when we went out to see him years ago when he's doing the Eli and Denny show, Mickey was promoting a book, and this guy comes up to him and says, could you make this out to my son? His son's standing right next to him. And Mickey says that this guy's all emotional, you know? And he, you know, he's got tears welling in his eyes, and he's looking at Mickey, and Mickey says, you know, he's writing it out. And the kid, the, the father puts his arm on his kid's shoulder and goes, son, this is the greatest baseball player of all time. He can barely, he can barely get it out. And the kid stares at his dad, and then he stares at Mickey, and he stares at his dad. He stares at Mickey. He goes, "Dad, that's an old man." <laughs> you know, and I, I, I got kind of a shade of that when I was seeing, you know, which made me give me a sense of how old I actually am too. You know, because I remembered so many of those guys, you know, playing and as players. And I mean, I just thought that whole the way the league presented it, Kevin. I thought that it was just a that's real good. wonderful presentation. Yeah. It was really well done. Well, I could I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it was handled very very well, and uh, um, you know, I, I know that the players themselves. We all it, it was done the way um, in terms of the media availability, the way we now do the Stanley Cup. When you know now the media, as soon as it's over and the puck's been uh, paraded around the ice, the media comes on, and then we're just all on the ice. Well, uh, the way they did the hundred is they just let the media go in, and we were all on the stage and. Um, you know, there were a lot of uh, individual groups, and you got to talk to a lot of the players. And, and the theme of that night was just how honored uh, players felt. And it was real genuine. Like, you know, you could just hear in their voices um, what it meant to them to be in that group. And particularly, I think, for the guys who, you know, like, I'm pretty sure Wayne uh, uh, Gretzky knew that he was going to be on the list in Mary Lemieux. <laughs> but, you know, for the guys down, you know, near the bottom, you know, the, the, the for example, Duncan Keith or, the active players, and there were only six of them. I mean, for them, I think it was, you know, an incredible honor. And I, I, I would venture to say it's not probably not like winning a Stanley Cup, but it was like, you know, winning a major award for those for those guys. Um, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed hearing, you know, the players uh, kind of talk about what it meant to them and to their family. I mean, that's that's it was almost like it was a family honor because you know they all talked about how nice it was because now. Usually when you win awards, your kids are so young that they don't understand. Well, now, you know, these guys are old men and they're, you know, they're adult kids and their grandkids were there. And it was really just, it was heartening to sort of see, you know, them being honored and how they felt about it. Because, and I'm sure Eddie can speak to this, but, you know, once the applause stops, 
you know, sometimes you can be forgotten. Like I, I even noted, uh, uh, you know, at the outdoor game that, that Wayne Gretzky was standing in the hallway. And now great, Wayne Gretzky is, is an incredibly well-known person in Canada, and yet he was standing there and people walked by him, and they didn't seem to know who he was. Didn't know exactly. Like, wow, yeah. That guy kind of looks just, like Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah, it, but, it's just crazy. And, uh, um, you know, so, that, so I, that's what to me struck me is just how honored uh, the players felt to be on this top 100 uh, list. Yeah, I know. I know for a fact, Kevin, you're absolutely right there because Pavel Datsuk did not expect to be in the top 100, and when he was told, uh, I work with his agent Dan Milstein. Uh, he, he was ecstatic. Uh, there was nothing keeping him from coming over to uh, Los Angeles to be on that stage. So that that well, that is a great honor. I mean, like you think about that's something you you grow up wanting to play in the NHL as a hockey player, and then all of a sudden you're named to the top 100. That's, that's quite an honor, quite an honor. Well, what, what, what struck me about Pavel is, um, you know, like to me, he's, you know, we, we hear about the People's Choice Awards. Uh, well, uh, that's what I felt about Datsu. Like, uh, first of all, the, you know, the panel put him on there to be sure, but like he, if the players had voted on that, he would have been much higher because yeah. in any survey that I've ever taken of players, like he, when he was active, like he's the player that other players most wanted to watch. Right. Like, you know, it wasn't Crosby or Malkin or Ovechkin. It was always Dantzou. Like they, that's the pure enjoyment they would get from, you know, seeing what he could do with the puck. And, you know, I remember one of Kenny Holland's lines when Dantzou first came up is that, you know, he used to like to beat this, the, the same guy twice on the, on every play. You know, he'd beat him <laughs> once, turn him around, and then yeah. turn him around him again. And you know, the players used to you know love that to love to watch Dadsuk. So I I think he would have been a very popular choice if players alone were asked to select the top one hundred of all time. I remember a few years back uh, Wayne telling me that Pavel was the best player in the NHL. A few years back, yeah, and, uh, just just all around what he could do offensively, defensively, just just any time he was out there, you watched him. Well, so. you know, I, 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 when in the heat of the rivalry between the Avalanche and, and the Red Wings, Dad Suk put a couple of moves on Adam Foot, and Foot was skating back to his bench, but he had to go by the Red Wing bench, and he just looked at the Red Wing bench and just started <laughs> laughing and shaking his head. And you know, this is in the heat of the moment where they're supposed yeah. to hate each other. And the Red Wings were just shaking their head and cracking up, you know, because he he was just that yeah, good. He was, that he, good. was he was he was a, you know he was the magic man, and that uh, that they really uh, uh, just admired it. But I always think you know because Adam Foot really was really the cantankerous dude on that team uh, for Colorado against uh, against the Red Wings. There wasn't you know he still doesn't like the Red Wings till this day. He made it known when they played the alumni game, and obviously the, you know he was the guy who said that they were going to take a shot at Chris Draper again, right? I mean so. But for him to, you know, how good was Datsuk? Even Foot had to just like shake his head and laugh. Yeah, Kevin. One last question uh, before we let you go. As a casual fan, and I think it's been well documented now that I'm not the greatest hockey fan, especially when it comes to knowledge. And for the record, I just tweeted out my apology to you and credited Dave Isaac with the actual story on Philadelphia. Uh, But but as a casual fan. Um, how did somebody like Larry Murphy, who's a Hall of Famer, four Stanley Cups, the only player to win four Cups in the 90s, how did they get? Le- how did he get left off the list? Well, I mean, Larry's a terrific player, to be sure. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, 
there's there's layers of, of greatness, and you know when it, when you're limiting it to the top 100 players of all time, um, you know Larry, you know might have made the top 200, but he just couldn't crack the top 100. I mean, he was a great offensive-minded defenseman. Um, you know he paired with Nicholas Lidstrom, and Lidstrom has always uh, been very complimentary of what he did. But you know I don't think he was um, you know quite the two-way player. Uh, that uh, a lot of the players that were on that list, and in terms of uh, you know, even though he won championships, you you sort of needed major awards to to make that bottom uh, thirty on the the top one hundred because we were splitting hairs so so finely. So um, I don't think it's a uh, you know people who were voting you know didn't think that uh, Larry Murphy didn't measure up. He just didn't measure up to the top 100 that uh, were on the list. Kevin, how about a guy like Henrik Zetterberg? You know, because we you know we, here in Detroit, obviously, you think Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Datsuk, you know, the Euro Twins go hand in hand. I mean, you know, I know Zetterberg has had some some injuries, yet you know he. He he gives everything he has on the ice, whether you know, whether he has anything left or not. But I'm just kind of curious. You know, is he a top 200 player, top 300 player, or? Uh... Well, he was a top 300 player because he was certainly on the uh, the ballot, um, uh, and that's the way that you know that we started with. You know, we started with 300 players. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he he's certainly that and. Um, if you look at what he's done this year, like I, I think he's had an excellent season. I right. mean, can he do the same things um, that he did in the past? Well, he can, but he can't do it at the same speed because his body is worn down, and you know the back issues are, are uh, you know, have had an impact. But I, I think he's been a very effective player, and I think he's proven people wrong. I think there are people that thought he was, you know, near the end, and I think it's clear that he's not near the end. And I think he's had a positive benefit. Uh, on Mantha as well. I mean, I think, you know, Mantha's learning from him. They've played together a lot. Um, I think he's been a very effective player. And I don't think there's any question, this is the way I view it, he's one of the, the greatest players in Red Wings history. And, you know, the Red Wings are, you know, one of the uh, most important franchises in the league. Therefore, that makes him one of the best players in NHL history. Kevin, with that, we're actually way up against it. We appreciate you calling in. Um, would appreciate a call in. You know, down the road, always appreciate your time. I know Art appreciates it. Uh, Eddie is still basking in the glow of even being mentioned. At 104. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> 104 is great for me, Kevin. All right. Sounds good. See you hey, later, guys. Thank you, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> All right. With that, um, we're running very, very short of time. We'll be back next week. We're going to cover some of the things. We're going to talk more um, locker room, and it'll be our last show before we – Head up to the UP, heading up to uh, God's country. So follow us on Twitter, at Red Wing Alumni, and you can look for us on Facebook as well as the web. Thanks again to Art Regner and Eddie Mio for joining me in studio today. I'm Jeff Morton from Pain-Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how, how did you feel? It, it gives you a positive attitude. Um, emotionally, I felt better. Flexibility in my knee, and the most important thing, I felt less pain. And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain. I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica, and it made my knee flexible, felt stronger. It feels good to me, and the pain was gone. So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. 
We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain? Try it for yourself because it helped me and I'm sure it's going to help you. Painfreelifecenters.com. Do it today. I'm Thad Zott with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24 7 Get there. And that's the end of the second period. And now it's time for Game Day Trivia, brought to you by United Photo Works. Tonight's question, which Detroit-based photography company has worked with the Red Wings alumni? Companies like Ford, Shinola, and Our Detroit, and been the exclusive photographers of the Joe Coaster Celebrity Softball Series for the past seven years? The answer is United Photo Works. Visit them today at unitedphotoworks.com. Remember, folks, that's unitedphotoworks.com. 